It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. Great day to talk about X-Wing. And in his great podcast return, John McDermott. Hello. I'm back. Spent uh, spent a week with the wife, so I'm happy to be back talking about X-Wing. It's always exciting. And even when you're gone for one week, I feel like I need to make a big deal out of it every time, because I have to be here every week. That's fine. No, remember that time that you weren't here and we just carried on the show without you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. When I was gone for two weeks and you covered for me. That was super nice. I really appreciate that, guys. I got to listen to those episodes someday. Um, (laughs) I mean, as content manager, it is my responsibility to make sure the (laughs) show goes on. The show must go on. And I'm glad I've got you guys here to support me in that. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about another new Wave 8 ship coming out. This one is the precursor to the TIE Fighter. Uh, It is called the V-Wing? So that's weird to me. Wasn't there a V-Wing, like an old Star Wars lore? I swear there was one in, like, the N64 Rogue Squadron game. This is the only one I was ever aware of. But this is the Nimbus. I don't know. I'm only 12, so I don't remember anything that happened back Uh, in... (laughs) Right, because you were born after Revenge of the Sith was made. I always forget that. This was a a long time ago in the Harry Potter-verse. They were just on the Nimbus (laughs) 5. Yep, so uh, Nimbus-class V-Wing, new expansion coming out at the end of November. Fantasy Flight released an article spoiling a bunch of new cards for it with some interesting new pilots and new mechanics. So there's actually a lot of stuff to talk about today, and after seeing this article, I'm pretty excited about this ship. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, Uh, some new stuff for Republic and some stuff that uh, will actually bring some new material to some other factions as well. So let's uh, let's jump right in and start talking about it. All right, so we have a two-attack dice ship for the Republic, uh, something they don't really have much of. Uh, So that's pretty exciting (laughs) here with with the V-Wing. Carson's lamenting the fact that the only th- native three attack dice ship is the Arc 170. I guess you could argue that the uh, Ada 2 is a native three attack dice ship, right? Right. It's got the bullseye. Technically, you know, the config with 7B. Uh, but in general, Republic ships just seem to have two attack dice. Uh, but this is a ship that it's actually, I'm okay with because like this looks like a light fighter that it's not about heavy attacks, it's about having a nice, efficient platform here. Yeah, and this ship is kind of a precursor to the TIE Fighter line, as we'll see kind of represented in the mechanics, too. Uh, Two native attack dice, three agility, two hull, and two shields. So a fairly durable light fighter. Um, And then you've also got a pretty basic setup of actions here. Uh, Focus, lock, a red barrel roll, and a boost linked into a red lock. Yeah, I really like that boost linked into a lock. I think there's only, what, maybe like three ships in the game that have something linked into a target lock? I believe one of them being the hyena, and then I think is it the E wing? Yeah, and isn't uh, Tie Punisher as well, right? Right, and that's like a action that we see a lot more on ordnance carriers. Um, so it does kind of stand out here on the light fighter. Yeah, and 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 as kind of a precursor to the Tie Fighter too, this really does separate it from other Tie Fighter like ships because typically, like the lock action isn't even an option on a lot of the Tie Fighter light fighter ships. So to have that to be kind of a theme across the ship is pretty interesting. Um, also, tying it in, tying it in—that's a great 
pun, um, to other TIE fighters is its ship ability, Twin Ion Engine, uh, which says, ignore the TIE ship restriction on upgrade cards. So this can take any of those brand new TIE-only upgrades that actually come in this expansion. The first ship ability in the game that's not too long and unwieldy to use. This is great. It's just (laughs) one sentence. So easy. Yeah, but they they filled out the rest of these pilot cards with plenty of other text. I think that's so, fair. Um, definitely compensating there. This ship's got a pretty strong dial though. So um, as uh, another cheap light fighter in the Republic faction, this one has to compete with uh, the V nineteen Torrent. Um, but this one definitely sets itself apart with that dial. So over on the dial side, you have red one banks and one white one turns. A full gamut of standard blue two maneuvers along with a red. 2k turn a full gamut of standard three speed maneuvers with a blue three straight a four white straight a five white straight and a 4k turn so this thing's got a pretty quick dial not a lot of red either right i mean looking at that torrent which i think is going to be the best parallel for the v-wing um torrent's got a pretty bad dial v-wing dial looks pretty awesome it's that too hard blue man it's such a strong maneuver especially on fast ships well, right, and if you're going to be using these like red actions, having that too hard is going to be awesome. So you can boost, get your red lock, and then have still a pretty good open dial for the next turn, which I think is going to be hugely important for these things. Uh, they come with two possible configurations. So you have the Alpha 3E-esque uh, configuration, which has two recurring charges. While you perform a primary attack, before rolling attack dice, you may spend two charges. If you do, your critical results inflict ion tokens instead of damage. I like the concept. I don't know if I prefer ions over crits, though, unless you're going into shields. Well, right, and this ability is a little bit weird, so you have to use it before you roll dice. So I'd understand if you could kind of decide after the fact, that would be interesting um, and probably a little too powerful, maybe. But having to decide beforehand, because crits on a two-attack dice ship aren't exactly something you can rely on, um, you kind of have to depend on upgrades to get those critical results to make this usable. Yeah, and I mean, we'll we'll talk about some upgrades coming with this expansion later, too, that kind of help give you that addition of crits to your shots. But yeah, a uh, little bit of a gambit, you know, if you don't have those upgrades um, that I just don't think... I guess we don't know what it costs either. I'm kind of maybe in the middle ground on this one so far. Yeah, I mean, if it's cheap enough, like you, you could use this more circumstantially. But even then, it's not super reliable. So I'm curious to see um, if there's ways to make this way more reliable than just the upgrades they've given us. It's not the configuration I'm most interested in, though, because that goes over to the Alpha 3B Besh configuration. Uh, also, obviously, Nimbus class specific. While you perform a primary attack, you may spend your lock on the defender to change one of your blank or focus results to a hit result. And this also adds a uh, device or payload slot. Yeah, this one's awesome. I mean, we looked at that action bar. A lot of great ways to get the locks going, whether it's just you take the white action or you can reposition and still get that lock. Um, And that seems to be what you want to do with these ships because now this is going to be really consistent. This feels a lot like an A-wing with advanced optics. Uh, Just, you know, when you have that lock, you're going to get two hits really often. Yeah, I actually like this. So I like um, they're playing around a little bit more with ways to make attack dice more reliable without just straight up adding results or adding extra dice. Um, And this is kind of a cool middle ground. And it encourages you to use locks, which, I mean, traditionally, 
um, since they have the same effect on attack dice as a focus token does, but a focus token is just a little bit more versatile. Um, there's not always a lot of good reasons to take a lock, especially on a smaller light fighter like this. So anything that synergizes with the locks and encourages you to take them, I think is pretty cool. Right. I mean, especially when you have three agility, like that focus actions kind of what you want to be doing. And so we need that extra incentive, I think, to take those locks. Um, I mean, your action bar makes that easier. And now we're getting more payoff offensively with those locks, which is great. And looking down at, um, well, so let's look at some pilot cards here. Um, so this ship chassis is interesting to me. I'm going to guess that it's probably going to fall somewhere in line with, um, I don't know, maybe a first order TIE FO, right, in terms of cost. Um, there's some pretty distinct differences between the way those ships are constructed. But obviously this one lacks an evade token, but you do have the native boost, which is pretty powerful. I feel like cost-wise we're going to see it land somewhere close to that, right? 25 points on the baseline. Well, a torrent is 25 points at a baseline. I feel like this has to be a bit more expensive than that. Yeah, its agility is better. Um, just because, like, four hit points backed up by three agility, um, plus that linked action. I mean, torrents have a linked action, too, but, um, like, five hit points backed up by two agility is good, but four backed up by three is pretty awesome. I'm kind of more thinking maybe somewhere around 28 or 29, starting with the generic, I think. I'd be pretty happy with 28 for that Initiative 2 Loyalist Volunteer. I don't love the red barrel roll, but, I mean, because it does have that white boost linked into that red lock, like, that's the trade-off, right? And, I mean, there's always the philosophical debate about what's better a boost or a barrel roll but i think for this ship that that boost is definitely going to be the better option well let's wait till we get some of those uh initiative five pilots and maybe that that red barrel roll is going to look like an advantage there in a second (laughs) seems a lot spicier well let's talk about the oddball in the room right oddball okay yeah i mean (laughs) do that get a lock (laughs) <laughs> so oddball's back and he's better than ever well he's at least the same as ever this is the best oddball this is the best oddball I, <laughs> having not played with this ship it has to be i think so this is the first oddball i want to put on the table and even then i feel kind of uncomfortable about it i mean it's the same ability right but like just the context with this ship um that that lock is going to be relevant well, so there's, yeah, it's got some things going for it. So after you fully execute a red maneuver or perform a red action, if there is an enemy ship in your bullseye, you may acquire a lock on that ship. We've all read this a dozen times. We've just never seen anyone use it. Um, obviously, that synergizes there with the red barrel roll. Not that many red maneuvers on the actual uh, dial, though. Um, except, like, my favorite maneuver on that dial is those red one banks. Um, you know, a lot of these... Um, like TIE Fighter-esque ships, they don't really have that one bank. Um, And so just having that option on the dial is awesome. And then like Oddball getting to utilize that, um, I think it's going to be like pretty easy to get Bullseye when you are wanting to do that one bank. I mean, you can just one bank bump into somebody, get a lock on them, right? Okay, so oddball right now so the cheapest oddball we have is in the v19 torrent comes in at 31 points 
So, given your guys' theory that this will be a little bit more expensive than Torrance generally, that would probably put this oddball, like, what, 30, mid, 36? Mid-30s. You think cheaper? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I think 32, 33. I'd say 34 to 36. 35, yeah. 36, probably. 33. Yeah. Is that worth it for this ship? Because it's still only four hit points. No, you guys are going too expensive. Because that's getting into, like, RZ2 cost range. And these guys are not there. You also have to pay for the um, pilot skill tax. I mean, so it's an so it's an initiative five, which is automatically going to make it you know a point or two more expensive. So I, it's got a native boost. I think That's I think the card is worth thirty four, but because it's a five, I think it's going to come in at thirty five or thirty six. Oh, it's so hard not knowing too, because I think that affects so much of what I think about this card. Like just a couple points there. Either way, I think that's still pretty reasonable. I I think the biggest selling point for this oddball uh, compared to all the other oddballs is that native white boost. I really feel like because like now you can actually leverage that pilot skill in a meaningful way, which you couldn't do before, right? You were paying for it, but it wasn't doing much for you because you had what the red barrel roll on the arc one seventy. Uh, red barrel roll on the Y-Wing. Lots of expensive barrel rolls here. Um, yeah, but that red barrel roll, I mean, is great with his ability. I mean, at initiative five, you get to you know, pretty much know, uh, you know, is this barrel roll going to set up that um, bullseye? And a lot of times, you know, if you're coming in an angle, you can barrel roll out of arc and still have bullseye on him. Uh, Suntier does that a lot, right? And now Oddball gets to do a little poor man Suntier action. Well, and I, I think maybe it's helped too by the fact that the dial is a lot better than the other dials for the other oddballs, where like yes. that barrel roll is more meaningful because the thing you do before it is a little more varied. Well, and taking the you know red maneuver, red action, well, next turn, look, I have all these great blues. I have all those two-speed maneuvers plus that three straight um, to clear that stress to set me up again. Yeah, natively, this oddball is probably built the best to deal with his pilot ability. I just wish his pilot ability would have been a little bit better. Like, I like the idea of having the same pilot across all these ships. Yeah. Um, I just wish it would have been a little more interesting from the start. You wish they were all like Contrail? Yeah. If you want to talk about an interesting pilot ability, let's look at Contrail, because I am most excited about this pilot of all the options. This guy looks awesome. Yeah, this one's pretty neat. So this is another Initiative 5. While you defend or perform an attack, if the bearing of your revealed maneuver is the same as the enemy ship, you may change one of the enemy ship's focus results to a blank result. All right, John, trivia question. What's a bearing? Like a direction? Asking for a friend. Or speed? (laughs) In X-Wing terms, what's a bearing? (laughs) Uh... Yeah, isn't it the direction? It is. So actually, me and Carson, before you joined the call, me and Carson looked this up and clarified. So the bearing is both um, what uh, the type of maneuver and also what direction it's going. So it'd be like a straight maneuver or a left bank or a right turn. So you can't just have it, you know, I took a I took a left bank and they took a right bank. That's not the same bearing. So it actually has to match the direction. Obviously, it doesn't have to match the speed. So, you know, do the red one bank with Contrail as long as the other guy did the same direction of bank, you'd still get to trigger's ability, but it ties both of those things together. So uh, what I, I like this ability because I get the spirit of it where thematically Contrail's kind of like tracing people and chasing them. So if you're right behind someone and you keep matching the kind of maneuver they do, you get rewarded for that. And I just like the idea of it being juke, but better. Super juke. It is. It's super juke, and I really like that. Also, like... 
I really like just the profile on this card. Like that like ship art is pretty sweet. Oh yeah, I they've been really killing it with a lot of the card art here cuz actually a lot of these are pretty interesting. The um art for the Alpha 3B Besh, like the snow-covered planet is pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I mean Contrail and Oddball have pretty good art, but I I think the Besh is the winner in this pack. There's just something poetic about this high initiative Republic pilot flying over a burning Coruscant. I'm in. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He was um, there. And like this ability is great. I mean, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to have to work to set it up and really think about what your opponent's going to do. But there's a lot of times where you're just going to kind of get this advantage with like minimal effort. Like you both go straight. Um, Contrail's going to be um, turned on. Or, you know, um, the turn where everybody does a K turn. Uh, well, that's the same bearing, right? Um, doesn't matter how fast your K turn was. If everyone does a K turn, um, then Contrail's ability is going to trigger. Yeah, I think like the real powerhouse, the reason I think this will probably be the best pilot um, for this ship is the fact that this works on offense and defense because that's so good. So if you actually do call one other specific ship really well, or you just like if your opponent just does a bunch of the same maneuver, like this would be terrible for me if I'm banking in with a bunch of my TIE SFs. And like, oh, suddenly I, all my attacks get blanks converted. That's terrible. Like, if you do that across a couple ships, it pays off right away. And there's no limit to this on, on a turn. So you'd get it for every ship you matched. Yeah, kind of speaking about offense and defense, uh, the next ship we've got, too, is pretty cool. Uh, Click, the Initiative 4 uh, Nimbus, has a pretty cool ability. It's basically the Grand Inquisitor's ability, but it has a recurring charge that goes with it instead. Yeah, and this one ties in again into that uh, lock theme that we see across the ship. So click is initiative four. While a ship that you have locked at range one to three defends or performs an attack, you may spend one charge to prevent range bonuses from being applied. So this is pretty cool. And you don't have to spend the lock too, which would be, I think, a little too steep of a cost. But as long as you have someone locked, you're rewarded for holding onto that lock. Yeah, I like that. It's a pretty clean ability. Uh, we know how well it works with the Inquisitor, you know, when it does proc. Um, it's nice that it's the recurring charge. You know, you don't just suffer from only being able to do it once or twice. Um, you can only do it once per turn, but you can do it many times over the course of the game, which makes this ability pretty good. Well, and I think it's better than the Inquisitor's ability. Um, I mean, obviously the Inquisitor has force and stuff, but because it's costing a charge that you're not going to spend for anything else besides the, um, uh, compared to the force, you know, cause the Inquisitor had to, debate do is it worth spending the force for that ability right whereas click you know once you set it up you just get to spend that charge um don't worry about it um i think the one i'm most excited for is tarkin yeah so here we have an initiative three pilot so and this one's a little bit more focused on synergizing with the other ship uh will hoof tarkin during the system phase you may choose an object that you have locked at range one to three another friendly ship at range one to three may acquire a lock on that object I mean, because that's just like no effort. Okay, I, I got a lock, and now um, each turn after that, I can just keep giving out locks to my other ships. Yeah, So, and this one, will, obviously, it'll synergize well with uh, ships like Click or uh, any of these guys who want to trigger their uh, Besh configuration. Um, but also, just as a g general support ship for the Republic, being able to give that extra modification. Because uh, my, like my early experiences with the Republic is so many times... I'd need extra attack modification, and I just couldn't get it. I usually just have, like, a focus token. Um, and now they're getting a lot more ways to modify their attacks with the Lat Gunship and with uh, Tarkin's ability here. So you can move in even with just, like, your generic Republic ships, get your focus token, and then someone else is going to give you extra modification. 
So we're really starting to see the faction as a whole become more cohesive in its strategy of, you know, ships that support one another, which wasn't clear when the faction started, I think. Yeah, I'm glad it only took a year and a half to figure out what their identity was. <laughs> uh, I think it was one of those deals where, like, I think they had it figured out, but they didn't implement it well. Because I feel like cards like Dedicated were flavorfully what we were looking for, but mechanically just not D-O-A. interesting or good. D-O-A. Yeah, right away. Yeah, Tarkin's, Tarkin's dedicated to giving the rest of your team some locks, which is, that's what I'm on board for. You know, got to make all those two attack dice hits count. Ooh, the last card. So the last card we didn't mention. Um, I just want to bring this up. So it's the generic Shadow Squadron Escort, the Initiative Three pilot here. I didn't want to bring up anything else about it except it's got a sweet piece of art uh, featuring a. Do you know what that ship's called, John? I think that's just it's like the, a precursor to Lambda. It's just the Republic shuttle. I forget what its exact designation is, but uh, I can look it up quick. Yeah, famously, um, I believe that shows up in uh, Revenge of the Sith. I know oh, for sure yeah. when Palpatine's going to pick up Anakin on Mustafar. Yeah, it's Palpatine's high school ride. Uh, he later <laughs> upgrades that uh, you know, when he grows up. but He gets a full top wing. He has it uh, augmented. <laughs> right. It's a spoiler. I, so the reason I bring that up, too, is I'm assuming that, you know, they haven't announced anything, but this thing's probably going to come out eventually now because I feel like every ship that's featured in X-Wing art becomes an actual release ship not that long later, right? I believe that's actually just the new class attack shuttle, if I'm looking at the right picture here. That's what Palpatine takes, though, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, new Republic ships on the horizon, I would expect. Whatever it no, is, I... it'll probably have two attack dice. <laughs> also, it's, it's kind of hard to tell just because, like, the maybe the glint of the card are those like are those all red and black v-wings is that an alternate paint scheme yeah they look pretty awesome oh it looks so yeah, good yeah it's like his escort right it's yeah his, uh what are the guards I was the royal the guards guard are called. Right? the emperor's guards the royal guard yeah oh it's so good they get their own special uh mm-hmm. v-wing like they get their own special tie interceptor yeah it's so cool all right let's do some upgrades a bunch of new upgrades coming here, some TIE-specific upgrades, which I think there aren't any currently, right? We had some back in first edition, but right now in X-Wing, there isn't any. Right. I think we're also going to get these with the TIE-heavy, um, but yeah, with this kind of wave is when we're getting these TIE upgrades, which is cool. Yeah, so we've got, I think it was already spoiled with the TIE RB Heavy, but the uh, Ion Limiter Override, after you fully execute a red maneuver, you may perform a barrel roll action even while stressed. If you do, roll an attack die on a hit result, gain one strain token. On a crit result, gain one Ion. And this is a a talent upgrade, so that kind of confirms that at least a couple of these pilots will have talent slots. What I like about this card specifically is that it happens in the same timing window as Oddball's ability. So if he does a red maneuver and then is able to line up that bullseye to get that target lock, he can then barrel roll afterwards if he needs to get out of arc, which is super cool. Yeah, definitely going to uh, get a lot of stress tokens for that, right? Uh, No, this is just a perform a barrel roll action, and they specifically said, the designers did, that if a card does not specifically say what color the action is, it's white. So this is a white barrel roll. Oh, I got you. You can do it even if you don't have the barrel roll action. You're right. I was kind of assuming you needed to... Oh, interesting. 
that is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I guess I read that wrong. And I, I do really like the gamble on that cost. Like, you, you might get a strain, you might get an ion, you might get nothing. I think, you know, sometimes this card's going to burn you, and that's great. Like, it's pretty powerful, and having that kind of variable risk on it, um, I think it'll be really fun. There's something pretty fun about gambling with an ion token, because that's pretty, that could be pretty dangerous. But it might also be great, you know, just doing a, a one blue straight after you do a K turn. Like, that might be just what you want. The other uh, tie specific upgrade we have is a modification for ties with Agility 3. Uh, Precision Ion Engines comes with two non recurring charges. Before you execute a speed 1 to 3 Koyagron turn maneuver, you may spend one charge to execute that maneuver as a Signor's loop, left or right, instead. So I'm really sad Strikers can't take this card because this would be really good on a tie striker. That would be insane. <laughs> Do they not have mods? No, well, they don't have Agility 3. Oh, yeah. That's the fundamental, yeah, fundamental Rip. problem. Yeah, um, so this is a pretty cool ability, though. It's not, like, hugely impactful, I think, on the viewing just because the only K-turn they could use it with is their 2K-turn. But again, a ship like Oddball might really benefit from that, being able to line up that bullseye different ways. And you obviously have the uh, benefit, if you're using it on a higher initiative pilot, that you'd get to make this decision when you reveal. So you'll see all the lower initiative ships move first, which, you know, anything with perfect knowledge is usually pretty powerful in X-Wing. I just, I also love the, like, breadth of options that you can put this card on because you can put it on any of the Imperial ties. You could put it on a Rebel tie if you really want to waste points. You could put it on any of the FO stuff that's got three agility. Like, there are so many options that these upgrades are viable for. Well, and, like, I mean, this versatility, like, having either of those um, sloops, you know, when you do your K-turn, means it's going to be so hard for that to get blocked. Like, this is going to be a pretty good upgrade on a lot of those higher initiative pilots where... Like, yeah, I want to do that K-turn, but I don't want to get blocked. Um, well, now you can just switch it to a sloop, and there's probably going to be one of those directions that's going to work. Well, and it seems like both the Ion Limiter Override and Precision Ion Engines are going to help those higher initiative ties or viewings, because a lot of times you don't want to run the higher initiative ones because that increased cost isn't always worth it on such a sometimes <laughs> fragile chassis. So anything that helps them reposition and get out of the get out of the fire is probably going to be pretty helpful in keeping them alive all right we also got some astromechs we got a q7 astromech a generic republic one uh while you barrel roll or boost you can move through or overlap obstacles wow uh, i hate it my favorite <laughs> favorite game ability of ignoring um important game mechanics i hate it so I mean, much. honestly why do we even play with obstacles anymore like why is that even a part of the game if we're going to ignore it all the time hey right? if we didn't play with them then droids would be not good so let's do it let's just get them off the table <laughs> seismic everything we, we need to agree that we're just going to spend the first few turns blowing up all the obstacles and then the real game begins that's right um this one's i thought this was a little weird that it doesn't have a charge limit too because i feel like this is the type of ability they usually put a cap on i mean um, but i you, guess it's a little more narrow than just generally ignoring obstacles during movement you still also have to suffer the effect of the obstacle so that's probably why it's not limited it doesn't say you can ignore them you can just move through them oh that is true so oh that's interesting so cost wise i don't know where they're gonna put this I mean, this is actually really solid if you're playing with gas clouds. 
Because, like, if you really need to do that boost... It is, yeah. especially with those Jedi. Yeah, I mean, sure, you might suffer or risk suffering getting a strain, but, like, if it's the difference between, you know, being able to get that, you know, obstruction and the free of eight if you roll blank, like, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, excuse me. I'm just going to barrel roll into this gas cloud for a turn. <laughs> Have fun with all of your swarm ships shooting at my obstructed Jedi. Make all the shots become obstructed with the free conversion. Yeah, that would feel pretty bad. We also have another uh, Republic-specific astromech R7A7. This one comes with three non-recurring charges. While you perform an attack, you may spend one charge to change one hit result to a crit result. So that's this is going to be pretty solid with that config, the Alpha 3E-esque config. Yeah, so if you, if you want to go for uh, a ship design where you're going to be trying to ionize the opponent, this is going to be one of the main ways that you're going to be able to get uh, those crit results more reliably. Um, obviously capped at three, but that might be all you need if you're ionizing ships. Um, this paired up with a card like Marksmanship, um, and you're lining up Bullseye there, you could actually pretty reliably maybe do some ion damage. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I like this card not on um, the ion configuration, just in general. I mean, let's just add some crits, right? It's just like any attack. I can just add a crit when I want to. Um, and yeah, three charges, like, I think that's a pretty substantial amount of times to do that. I mean, crits are very relevant. Uh, you know, you're shooting a large base ship, throw on those crits, um, or you know you're just going to, like, just start cutting through shields on a small base ship and getting that first damage card. Like, let's make it a crit. Yeah, and so, okay, I want I do actually want to get your guesses on pricing for this card specifically, because um, we know Marksmanship's a pretty inexpensive talent, but it's got a pretty limited scope where you have to line up that bullseye. Uh, this one can affect you any time you're making an attack. So with the three-charge limit, what would you guys want to pay for this? Um, Probably five, four, max. I feel like like one point per charge would seem about right don't you think I, yeah um, one point I per charge three, I, yeah. I would be okay with four if that makes but, sense so it's one point per charge and then it's a limited card so i feel like you have to pay a tax on that so four points is probably minimum wait what it costs but i feel like you get them for cheaper if they're limited isn't that generally kind of the idea like because you only get one copy maybe i feel like not in all cases maybe some of them but well, I feel like you see that with like BB-8 or R2-D2 where they tend to do what the generic counterpart does, but maybe like one extra time for not that much more, right? Or they do it slightly better. I mean, there's also like 20,000 Astromech, so I don't know. Don't listen That's to me. That's true. <laughs> don't want to cover it all. I, I think it's interesting because I don't think you can make this too expensive because it doesn't um, increase your damage output like in generating hits. It just kind of increases the quality of a good roll. So you still have to do all the criteria to actually like try and make the attack hit um, to get those crits through. But I think that's still pretty powerful because crits are super relevant in this game. Uh, this this pack is really interesting too, right? Because it's kind of got something for everybody. So it's got upgrades in there that are going to help out TIE fighters across multiple factions. It's got astromechs that are Republic-specific that'll help out that whole faction. And it's also got Thermal Detonators, a new uh, bomb card, which will help out a whole different kind of ship. Yeah, this card's pretty cool. So it's got four charges on it, and it says during the system phase, you may spend up to two charges to drop that many thermal detonators using the one straight or two straight template. 
each must be placed using a different template. When you reload this card, recover one additional charge. Yeah, so this one encourages you. You can drop multiple bombs at a time. Um, they have a pretty simple, straightforward effect. So when uh, the bombs detonate, all the ships at range 0 to 1 roll one attack die, and they suffer a strain for each focus result or a hit or crit matching whatever's rolled. So going to pretty reliably have some effect here, 50% chance at damage. Um, and if you're dropping two at a time, there's a good chance that whatever you hit will get hit by two of these. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You just you know, cover a wider area with these bombs. And I do like the, you know, spending two charges and then reloading, getting two charges back. Like that that feels pretty good. I do think that like slightly wider area you're covering like is going to make it um, a lot more difficult for your opponent to avoid. Yeah, it's cool to see um, a bomb with built-in um, different template use because even if you just want to drop one of these, you have some op options on what template you can use for that. And reaching out back uh, two spaces is pretty good. Like, you'd be able to hit multiple ships for just one damage could do a lot. Now, I will say that their um, diagram explaining how to use thermal detonators is probably not how you want to do it. You really don't want to have your ship uh, pointed the wrong direction in front of a bunch of enemies. Because <laughs> uh, you have to, you know, live through that previous turn before you can start dropping those thermal detonators. So I, I think this graphic's hilarious, too, because, like, I get that they're just trying to articulate how, like, how the bombs could be used really effectively. But the implication is, since this is happening in the system phase, that not only did that, I think, is it Oddball or somebody? Like, not only did the, the V-Wing survive, like, it survived being at range one to two of three droid tri-fighters the previous turn so that it could get to the point of dropping the bombs. I want to know what the tri-fighter player did wrong not to kill that four hit point ship the previous well, round. Well, what you're missing is that there was like three other V-Wings there the turn before. <laughs> <laughs> and Oddball's the only one left. <laughs> Making a stand. Yeah, I overall just very excited about this pack. There's some cool stuff coming in here. Yeah, I mean, also, like, it's a beautiful model, and we get to put that hyperspace ring on it. Like, that's going to be great. Yeah, like, so much stuff in this pack, too. So I think um, in terms of just straight-up value, I think a lot of people are going to be buying this expansion, probably multiple copies, because there's some really good ties. If you're even just a uh, an Empire or First Order player, you're definitely going to want these tie upgrades. Start playing around with those. Lots of great new stuff for the Republic. Um, all around, I've, I'm really excited for this expansion, and we'll probably pick up a few of these to start. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, you can go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the podcast a five-star review saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. If you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already become a supporter of the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. It's a